I can't believe it's here. The first full episode of Thoughts from a One Woman Business Owner. <sighs> oh, it, it's so surreal just even saying that. It's crazy. But I just wanted to start this episode with the reasons why I've picked the topic that I have. Now, this is very much an introductory episode. I'm going to be diving deep into my life story and who I am and who I was and how I got to where I am today. And it's not all pretty. And the reason I'm doing that is because sometimes I think, especially across social media, um, it is portrayed that people who are successful have it better. People look up to these other people and I just think it's so unhealthy. And I just... We're not perfect, people are not perfect. I am running a successful business. I have a lovely family and a lovely home, but I've been through a lot of different mindsets before I got to the place where I am today. So this whole episode is gonna be a completely no holds barred, deep dive into who I am as a person. Zero fluff, and it is not all rainbows and roses. I'm going to start this episode with a disclaimer as well, because some of these stories are going to involve other people. I hold zero grudges with these people. I approached forgiveness where it was necessary a long time ago, the same way I hope that they hold no grudges with me and have forgiven me. I think a massive part of growing up is realizing that, especially when we're children, not everything is black and white. And the people in our lives have their own things going on and their own thoughts and their own mindsets that we will never know about. And I think we have to be aware of that when talking about our history because our stories are never just our own. So without further ado, let's jump right in. So I don't really know if I have any genuine real memories of the really early years of my life, not before I was about seven or eight. And I do know that from what stories that other family members have said that we had a pretty normal, happy childhood. Um, And then, yeah, like I said, when I was about six or seven, my parents got divorced, which is usually how these stories start. And which made things different. There was a huge custody battle in which um, my father, who was, he was my stepfather, um, but he had raised me my whole life, decided that he no longer wanted me to be a part of his family. And I, it sounds so silly to me now. It sounds like such a silly thing. But as a seven-year-old, that really affected me. It was like my first real experience with rejection and I found that really difficult to deal with and I think it was that moment the reason I talk about this is I I genuinely believe it was that moment in my life that that changed my outlook on things and I do sometimes wonder if things would be different and that's different I want to make clear I don't wish things were different I genuinely believe I am who I am today because of all of the little things that have happened in my life but but you I think you We can't help but wonder if these different events would have made different 
outcomes would we have made different decisions I don't I don't really know but I'm not going to go into too much detail about it a lot of the story is not mine to tell but it was when my world came crashing down around me it was the first time I think I ever felt like I wasn't good enough and I didn't know why and I couldn't cope with that my whole outlook on life changed as a seven-year-old and I think about that now and, and that's my son's age and it baffles me and I feel like my kind of uncaring and innocent childish view of the world completely changed in that moment and across the coming years right up until my early teens a a few more instances occurred where I, I was given the same feelings like somehow I wasn't good enough and it made me doubt my self-worth and then by the time I reached kind of 10 11 last year of primary school going into secondary school I was an absolute mess I was yeah I, I was in pain I think that's the only way to describe it really I was in pain early on and I don't know if anybody really knew at those ages that that was the case for me and I definitely didn't know how to deal with it and then kind of my preteens set in. And although you don't realize it at the time, the hormones kick in. And God, I wouldn't wish teenage hormones on my worst enemy. Honestly, they were awful. I don't know a single person that tells me they enjoyed being a teenager. It was a horrendous time. But they became my worst enemy. You know, I was starting secondary school And I found secondary school really difficult and it wasn't the academic side of it so much. I just didn't feel like I fit in. And I would create these scenarios where I would try so hard to be liked. You know, I would say anything and do anything to be liked by my peers and and it never worked. It always had the opposite effect. And it, it was hard. It was really, really difficult and I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't have the right emotions. And like I said, at this point, I was carrying around this doubt and lack of self-worth all of the time 24 7. I think I ended up by carrying all of that around with me all of the time I, I became quite an angry person but not in the typical way I wasn't lashing out so much but I started to genuinely believe that the world owed me that that somehow because of everything I was suffering and everything I was feeling that the world owed me a favor I was entitled to something surely that that was how I thought at the time all of the time and I wasn't finding what I needed at school I didn't have real friends not not really and and that was completely my fault that was I made myself stand out in the wrong way and so I started finding people outside of school to hang around with and these people were not good for me. Now I'm not going to be one of these people that says that I got in with the bad crowd or I got in with the wrong crowd because I think that's really damaging. All of these people that I decided to start becoming friendly with were also children. I think sometimes we forget how young we were and they were children and they had issues and they had their own problems and hardships that were causing them to behave the way that they were behaving. I'm sure people looked at me at that point and said that I was the bad influence, you know. 
I started reacting to my feelings with these people in the most immature, irrational, stupid way, the way that most children tend to react to things. I began to drink quite a lot, quite heavily for a 12, 13 year old. I started smoking and I started running away from home. And now as a parent now, I can't imagine what that must have been like for my mom. I would just disappear for days on end and she would be out trying to find me or I would, you know, I would leave school. I would do every chance I could get. I would escape from school and just disappear. Oh, I just can't imagine what it must, I do. I honestly, it's one of those things you don't think of it at the time, but now you look back and you go, I am so sorry I put you in those positions. And I was out of control. I was completely out of control and my mum couldn't cope, unsurprisingly. And so it was around that time that we went into a voluntary care situation, um, which again, I don't blame my mum for this at all. She was quite young when she had me and I was a mess. I was an absolute mess. Um, I don't think I could have coped with me. So obviously once I was in care from then on, I bounced from home to home. I must've been in at least 10, um, if not more. Some were okay, some were awful, as I'm sure you can imagine. Um, but yes, I, I bounced around a lot. My opinion on the world never really changed. And then it was the day before my 16th birthday that I joined my very last foster family. Um, and it, this one was different. This one was different. I met my foster mother. Um, and like I said, I ended up, it was a very last minute move. It was the 4th of October, um, the day before I turned 16. And I got there and she was, she was brilliant. She was lovely. She was sweet. She was welcoming. And that she had this weird tendency when she spoke to you, you really felt like, you were being listened to. And I hadn't really experienced a lot of that at this point in my life. Um, and I feel like she noticed what I was feeling. And I remember waking up on my birthday and she had been out the night before and gone to Asda. And it, there were only little things, you know, earrings, little bits of jewelry and stuff, but she didn't want me to feel because I had been moved so last minute that I didn't matter. And it and it's so it sounds so silly, but it, it was really the beginning of a big change for me. And she really noticed my feelings. I think she was the first adult in my life to really notice how much pain I was in. You know, and she really cared about it. And she helped me through that. And she helped me reach out and rebond with my mum and other members of my family. Like she made sure we had that connection. She probably helped us save our relationship. Um, and it helped me grow up. You know, I got my first job working as a waitress, which I fell in love with. I absolutely loved it. And I started going to therapy to deal with the cliche of my inner child's pain. But I started to see the world differently. But I can tell you right now that things are just never that simple never that black and white because I ended up going from this childish 
sense of entitlement that I carried around that the world owed me something. And I kind of left that behind like I should have. But I completely flipped. I, I did a complete 180 and I went into this panic of, oh my God, I'm not good enough. I mean, how could I be good enough for anything after the way that I had behaved and the things that I had done and the pain that I had caused other people by being who I was? How could I ever deserve any kind of happiness or reward or love or success when I'd not given anything out to deserve it? So that was it for me. I just accepted that that's how I felt. This is how I feel now. This is how my life is. I will wake up and I will go to work and I will be with my friends and I will party and I will do all of these things. But deep down, I know this is the most my life is ever going to get. This is the best it's ever going to get, ever going to get. I never told anyone that I felt like this. At that time in my life, part of it was I didn't want to be a burden to anybody. And then the other side of it was, well, you brought this on yourself. You don't deserve sympathy or help. So why would I tell anyone? So I just plodded on. I plodded on and I lived my life and faked it as much as I possibly could. And I did what I thought I needed to do to survive, but I was absolutely miserable. And I was making mistakes left, right and center. And this kind of continued um, until until I was 23, when I found out I was having my son, um, who was a miracle. And I had him when I was 24, and everything changed. Everything changed, kind of. <laughs> I still felt inadequate and undeserving of everything. I still had those same emotions and that same outlook on life. But the difference now was, oh, no, I have to push all of that way down, way deep, deep down and completely focus on him. He was all that mattered. And I did. I fell in love with being a mom. It was hard. He was not an easy baby, let me tell you that right now. But but I did. He made me. He genuinely did. And I think living for somebody else at that point was something I really needed. It gave me a whole different perspective. By the time I was pregnant with my second child, everything was, my life had changed a lot. It was a lot more stable. The family was stable. Um, We were in a better position. It meant that I could become a stay-at-home mom full-time and become a full-time housewife. Now, I was very great at the former and not quite so good at the latter. I can tell you right now, I am not a natural born cleaner. It was funny because I always imagined I would be this amazing housewife, but it's it's not my forte. I'm quite a naturally messy person and it causes a few arguments in the household because I just it's just the way I am. But I tried really, really hard. But as much as I enjoyed kind of staying home with the family and raising my children, I started to feel like there was just like a missing piece. Something was missing, but uh, I I could not tell you what. At that point in my life, I was like, oh my God, how can you be complaining? Everything is finally perfect. You have this 
perfect loving partner and these two beautiful children and this lovely home and this easy life how can you be sad and I I didn't know what it was so eventually I decided I, I needed something I needed to do something so I went back to work I went back to work in an office and it did give me something because I absolutely loved it I ended up surrounded by all of these people who just seemed to appreciate who I was as a person and they liked me for me. And it was the first time I'd really, really experienced that um, in kind of like, it was, it was just strange. It was, it was different. Um, and I absolutely loved working there and I felt like I was good at it. I felt like I was really good at it. But about 10, 11 months down the line, this was, we're talking around August, 2019 now, um, my son was just about to start school and I couldn't make the job work. It, 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 there was no way we could do it. My partner couldn't do the school runs. Um, so I would have to do them and then school holidays were an issue. And I ended up having to make that decision that the best thing to do for my family was leave the job. And yeah, it just, it, it was a really hard decision to make, but it, it was one that had to be made. Going back to being a stay-at-home mum, it didn't take long, really, for that feeling of emptiness to come back. And it, it was a really kind of surreal... I was busier than I was originally because I had the school runs and we were trying to get on top of, you know, new a new routine. But it did. It just came creeping back in. And then it happened. We all know what the big it is. The big 2020 what a great year, um, happened and the pandemic hit. And as a lot of, I know a lot of parents did, we really, really struggled with it. We struggled with the homeschooling side of it. I had my two-year-old at home, my then two-year-old, um, and trying to homeschool a child in reception who was already struggling to adjust to school in the first place. So very quickly became really stressed out um, and very depressed, very, very depressed. I'm not the kind of person that can go really without people contact. I'm very much a people person. I need people all of the time. And I, I struggled. I struggled with that, with this lack of contact. Um, so at this point, I had a hobby. We're kind of delving into how the business started kind of now. And I had a hobby. I asked my partner for... Um, a cricket machine and for those of you who don't know it's basically a vinyl cutting machine um a year or two before for christmas um just for fun i loved doing stuff like that i'm i'm quite a creative person um and i only ever made things for myself and for friends and for family but i really loved it and so as a way to kind of fill my time once my kids had started going back to school and nursery I decided I was going to start selling things. Now, this was probably in around June-ish of 2020. So I started just putting up posts on Facebook and have a look at this and what do you think of this? And the reception I got from it was so good. People really liked it. They genuinely liked it. Something that I had created with my hands. And that, it was such a pure and happy feeling. Um, and I couldn't believe it. And I started, as I started selling more and more and more, I started gaining more confidence. 
Um, and that's when I started expanding and, and I went into sublimation, which is um, a bit more like printing. And I started hand binding notebooks, which was my favorite thing ever. Um, and I was introducing more and more products. And then I registered on Etsy and registered, officially came up with the name Lexlear Designs and registered my business, which was a mind blowing moment for me. Now, a little history on the name. It is my children's middle names. So their middle names are Alexander and Delia. And I took the Lex from the first and the Leah from the second and put them together. And that's how I came up with the name. As I was kind of getting into my business, I decided I was going to join TikTok. People have been talking about it. I'd kind of been on it a little bit when I was... Um, in the pandemic, when we were in lockdown, as a lot of people, as a lot of millennials were at the time, we kind of got into it and I enjoyed it. And I kind of enjoyed, it was different. It was very positive and I liked that. So I thought, right, I'm gonna set up an account for my business on here and my life changed. I, I kid you not, I put a lot of this down to TikTok. It's very strange. I ended up finding this community that I really, really connected with. There were other small business owners and other mothers and even fathers and just people that I really connected with on another level who were trying to make something of their life, whether they were selling scrunchies or wax melts or candles or artwork or anything. It was just, they were like this huge hype community. You know, I'd put out these videos and I'd get five, six comments just being like, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh my God, you're brilliant. You're so lovely. You're so It's this constant boosting of who you are. And I just, it's in absolutely insane. I started making my videos more about because I liked these people so much and they made me feel genuinely good about myself. I started making more look at this person's business, look how amazing their work is and, and spreading these kind of positivity videos. And I found that every single time I supported a, another small business owner with their business and helping their confidence in particular, because that's what I was most, it was funny because it felt like I was a bit of a fraud because I was spending time sending messages to people who would be like, how do you do it? How are you so confident? And I was faking it the whole time. I was faking it the whole time. I would just hype myself for a video and I'd click send and I would hope for the best. And I was sending these messages going, just throw yourself in head first and helping them. I really wanted to be responsible for helping somebody else build their confidence. And every single time that I did that for them, I was adding a block of confidence to my own mindset. And once, I, I don't know, somewhere in all of this, I kind of stopped thinking about what I thought I deserved because of my past and, and what people thought of me and just started being completely true to who I was now, who I am now and my personality. And, and that was it. I just grew. M my whole outlook instantly snapped, changed. It was so very strange it was so bizarre you know I I then started discovering other people that I looked up to I'm going to mention two people here 
um the first one she runs a business called the small business handbook she was probably one of the first ones i came across and she was the first person by watching her videos and listening to her talk she kind of she helps people out with their small businesses that's what she does she gives out small business tips but she i don't know whether she does it on purpose but she kind of gives you this confidence about your own business you know by watching her videos i was like no i am good i'm very good and like i i started growing this confidence and the more confidence i got in my own business the more i would take risks you know eventually i kind of deviated from selling on etsy and decided to open my own website and and that's been such a big thing for me it's been amazing and then i started a blog and that's been amazing and then the second person is somebody who's a bit bigger it is stephen ballot he has a podcast on here diary of a ceo and i kind of discovered him on an interview he had an interview with um russell howard and i that was it i became instantly obsessed with his outlook on life he just had this whole perspective on who people are and that you are it was this particular line he had where you you cannot be more or less than what you are by by achieving anything or not achieving something and it, it, it was that whole concept and i think that that helped me he helped me believe in myself he really really did and and a combination of those two businesses and people and the combination of the community I found on social media, the real people I found on social media and my home life, a combination of all of that made me realize that regardless of what I thought or what anybody else thought, I am someone and I am here now. I am somebody in this world. The rest of the world just doesn't know it yet. So, yeah. Then came the podcast and here we are. And I know that was a lot. <laughs> I know that was a lot. So I just I just needed it out there on the table. I needed people to know before we start going into this and I do start talking more about the business side of things and you know what it's like growing a business i needed people to know that it wasn't an easy journey getting here and nobody is perfect and most definitely i am not perfect i i don't want to be that people that makes look at me i'm so perfect wasn't didn't i do such a good job because because i've not i don't always make the right decisions i don't always do the right thing but i damn well try so yes that was that um, thank you so much if you made it this far for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I do ask that if you can subscribe, please do. I will be dropping a new episode every Sunday and a review would be amazing. A rating would be amazing. It will help other people find me. Um, and it, yeah, it would just mean the world. And you can also, in the reviews, if you've got any questions or anything you would like me to talk about, you can also leave that in there. Um, I will be doing a live Q&A &Q 
on Sunday the 6th of February at 9pm. And if anybody fancies that, that is GMT time. Um, But yes, next week we'll be diving a bit more deeply into actually starting a business and how I did that and mistakes and lessons I learned on that route. Um, But yes, please subscribe, rate, review, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. Bye.